We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About, about, about. did she record this in her closet it's ridiculous <laughs> Yo, so <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So it's bad because apparently, I, like I was trying not. The whole thing was just jacked up, yo. And I was really trying. I was like, okay, I'm not gonna laugh at the sound because this lady says she has like a medical condition. Oh, but, that's what it is. But okay. no, but out. No, 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 no. Because outside of this medical condition, though. No mastered track should sound like that. You it's like hear, she was whispering in the room. You can hear breaths. You can hear, like, it, literally there's software that you can use to make somebody's voice enhance. Like, you can use a synthesizer and it'll smooth things out. Like, I understand that she has, like, you know, a condition that makes her voice, her sound a little more hoarse. But I was like, oh, she's just going to sound raspy on the track. That track wasn't raspy. <laughs> and it looked like she paid a good bit for a high-quality video. I mean, it wasn't high-quality so, right, actors, but right. it was just... That money could have went into but the bettering is, the vocals. Apparently, so apparently, Lisa Wu says that she doesn't have... Wait, hold on. We we just... Okay, y'all. So, this is Brunch Culture. Um, you tuned into Brunch Culture. What's up, y'all? Y'all know what we are. Um, y'all know who we are. So, we're talking about... Um, Countess Vaughn's video. If you haven't seen it, you want to see it. it and is for those great. who don't know who that is, that's Kim from Moesha. Yeah, right. I've known her real name. <laughs> you know her real name? <laughs> no. I just know her name is Kim from Moesha. I mean, <laughs> Y'all know good. That so, life. Yeah. So Kim from Moesha has a video. And it's just it's weird like the so apparently there wasn't a budget so the lisa Wu uh directed it or um was in charge of like videography and i think she was the director too or whatever and so mm. if you look at the quality of the video right it's good quality video like the video the quality of the of the production seems good but like these faces that she's making the dances the, the awkward dance <laughs> you see the little roll the little yeah rolls? <laughs> Randall is smooth out of here. He has left the building. <laughs> I'm so sorry, y'all. You, you have to. I want to get this little roll video because when I'm down, look, when I'm down, I'm going to play this little video of this roll. I'm about to play this again. Make, it's, I'm sure it's a, a gift. It has a to be. Like, 
It really, really has to be. And then, did you see the memes that came out of it? I didn't see the memes. <laughs> so there's one meme. It says, I'm sending it to you. So it's, it's one meme that says, now that's the power of Python, baby. <laughs> Sally May and me, and it's another one that says the red light. Okay, I'm sorry. So it's another one that says when the red light at Krispy Kreme come on, and it's like her face, one of the faces that she made in the video. Look, this thing is it's gold like it's a gold mine people keep saying like oh you know this is gonna be so bad for her career this is perfect for her career uh, this video is classic it needs to be on the vmas she needs most entertaining video it gets no more entertaining than this the fact that she tried to flash us at the end was like ma'am stop <laughs> What are you doing? Why are we being subjected to this? It's funny though because the you know the video is like slowed down for dramatic effect. But my friend was like, "But did they slow it down extra for extra effect? Like, why is she moving so slow? Get out of this room! What are you doing? Look, this video is classic. I feel real bad for because I you know I like Countess Vaughn and she she can sing. She you know she actually can really sing a Where? lot. Of, because of this, no, because of this, a lot of the stuff that she did back in the day came up, um, like on Instagram. Uh, there's like an episode of the Parkers where she's singing like the national anthem or something like that. And all of the different things that she used to do when she used to sing. And she, she has a great, like she has a great voice. It's cool. I think now because of whatever her medical condition it is, but my problem is you could have fixed that in the studio. There are so many artists out here that have studio voice, studio ready voices. Somebody could have fixed that for you. I literally thought this video was like a rough cut. I said, okay, so this is a rough cut. This is not the real video. Um, yeah, she not, she don't really. She, it sounds like she just did voice memo with her iPhone. <laughs> That's what I thought. And then he put it. They put it over it a, a video. My feet. Okay. So, what else happened on the scroll this week? <laughs> Because um, I, I, I literally, Lisa, from this morning, I saw the video. Maybe I saw, I th- think I saw it yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And yesterday I, I was, just, yeah, I was in shock. So I was like, I'm not going to watch it again, right? <laughs> I was in shock. I was just like, this can't be real. I'm not going to keep supporting it. You know, I get into my like individual activism. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to support because I feel like this is a this shouldn't have been released. They were actually just probably working on the video and the track, trying to put it together. This was like a rough edit, like maybe like the first edit. I didn't know it was a real video. I didn't know that they actually put this out for people to to consume. And mm-hmm. so this morning, I was listening to Ricky Smiley, and they were like, "No, 
this was the actual final cut. And then at that point, I just couldn't stop laughing because it was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Somebody on this team, even if it, whoever's on this team, I don't care who it is. Anybody can look at this and be like, bro, they are finna clown us. You look a fool. You sound a fool. <laughs> you just don't be a fool and put this out. And yeah. She can't have no friends. Yeah. It, Lisa, it was Wu Lisa Wu don't like her. Let's not be. Yeah, it was. It was really rough. It was really, really, really rough. But it's really funny. I can talk about this thing all day. But, um, yeah, so other things that happened uh, this week. Um, Nate Parker. Oh, oof. This is such a complex situation. Very, very complex. Very, like, very complex. did not come out. Well, social media wasn't out during the Great Debaters. And nobody really paid attention to Beyond Lights. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why nobody this didn't like wasn't a big deal in the press before this time. Yeah, like great debates came out. It, social media wasn't really big like that. Right. So the thing for me, and and I had I was having this conversation with um, I talked to one of my friends about it last night. We we're you know just kind of talking about what it is, and for me, one of the the, the hardest things when talking about. Any any case, any situation in dealing with rape is the 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 lack of consideration that we give to the person that's been raped. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that is always that's always a problem for me. It's always a struggle. I feel like a lot of the how I even found out about this. A lot of people I actually saw people saying that you know the the attack on Nate Parker has begun because of. Um, you know, the movie, uh, the Nat Turner movie that's coming out. And mm-hmm. um, I was like, wait, what? Like, what are people saying? And they were like, then I saw like a headline that was like, um, his his rape accuser is opposed, the, the person that accused him of rape is supposedly died. And I was like, wait, I didn't even know he was accused of rape. When did this happen? What's going on? Then it was like, oh, it's in 1999. And then, so I was like, wait, why are we talking about this? And they were like, oh, well, she died and this is a thing. And all of this stuff and everything became everything that I saw at least became, you know, oh, well, you know, this is just an attempt to uh, denounce uh, his movie and to dethrone a black man. And, you know, what about this movie? Is this movie going to be successful? Should it be pulled because it's not going to make money? People aren't going to support it. And for me, it was just kind of like, well, why are we even talking about a movie? Like it's already made. Number one, he's already made his money off of it because he, they bought it for seventeen million dollars, so he's good. Um, what what about the victim? Like, let's talk about you know what I'm saying. The victim in this. Let's talk about where where she is. What kind of support does she need to get? Where's where? What's happening with her? Like, that's where the, to me that's where the narrative needs to be. If there's going to be a narrative in in general, I do feel like when it comes to situations like that, like high profile rape cases, typically nobody is winning winning but specifically the victim's not winning because you have so many people that want to discredit you and that want to shame you and 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 talk about you know how could you be lying or you could be doing this for 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 money and I was talking to my friend about that and I was just saying honestly for me it gives me pause when I read that this young lady was struggling with um suicide 
after this case right so after mm-hmm. this happened to her after she said they raped me um and we went through this trial and all of the backlash that she got from the trial she attempted more than once to commit suicide and she'd never done that before to me that says wait a minute hold on hold on like we gotta consider that something else maybe something happened here right but i feel like Mm -hmm. people get so tied up into you know i support this person I, i love what they do um and it's really hard to separate an individual from the work that they can do the good that they bring Honestly, I don't think that it takes away from it. I honest, I don't think that people should be, anybody should be told that they're wrong if they say, as an individual, I don't want to support, you know, this film by a rapist. I mean, that's your prerogative. It's your money. I can't tell you what to do with your money. Don't go see it. Like, I feel like if you're convicted in that way, absolutely, you know, don't go see it. And I don't feel like that's a problem. What I will say, though, and I've been saying this before all the time, it's not to make light of anything that he's doing, but I really do think it's important when you start getting to saying that, oh, well, there's one thing to be like, and this is, is really, really iffy, but there's one thing to be like, yo, we have hardcore proof and evidence that he did this. So I'm not going to support his, him on this basis or support this artwork on that basis is another thing to be like. Well, he actually was acquitted now, given our justice system is crap is crap in, in, in some ways and for some people. So, like, maybe this is a way that it failed um, this young lady and justice wasn't served on her behalf. But I feel like it's a personal choice for you to decide to 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 go see it or not. And I can't I'm not going to comment on it either way. I'm not going to tell you you're bad if you choose to not do it. But I think that the conversation that you need to have, if you're going to have a conversation, is not how much movie money this movie is going to make. Not how, how this is going to impact his career, not if he's going to never be able to work again, but simply what's up with this young lady. Unfortunately, she's passed away now. So, you know, we can't do that. But it's like this young lady should be at the forefront. What's her story? What's her legacy? What did she bring good to the world? Let's highlight those things. Like, let's talk about that. And people don't do that. Yeah. And if I just for me, I'm not really the I'm I'm going to see the movie because I think I want to see how they um how Nat Turner story played out on film I really mm-hmm. want to see it right. um however Nate Parker um I think that it's it's one of those things where it's the guy who was uh the guy who was convicted but his thing got overturned when they revisited it uh is the co-writer so it's kind of like two rapists wrote this Mm. good story and so it's kind of like you this is your loyal friend like he's loyal to his homeboy um and they had this thing together and i understand that they were young but still the consequences of your actions are you know you know you can't control the yeah yeah yeah, they're real this this young lady lost her life yeah um because of it and i think that you know you know they're saying that did you see the roland martin clip no okay well they were talking about like they kind of after this happened they kind of um were rude to the girl and tried Mm. to get her to shut up about the charges Mm. after the rape i guess before the trial and 
apparently <clears throat> that he got off because he had had a previous sexual relationship with her. Right. And Which... so this time, you know, he was saying that was like his scapegoat. Right. Um, but which is BS. No means no. Yeah. Yeah. Which is and complete so, BS. And so it's just like, you know, I don't think that he's really felt the brunt of it because he's now he's married with children and he's like, Oh, I didn't even know she was dead. Like, right. you know, he's so completely removed. And, you know, at this time, I think he's going to get hit really hard. And he's probably, this is the time he's going to have to face the consequences for his actions. Yeah. Um, and I think that's good. I think that we need to face the consequences or see the pain that we've caused when we've hurt other people. Um, you can only live in this imaginary world for so long until you have to face reality of what your actions have done. Absolutely. Like come to face to face. And I think I'm, I'm glad this was exposed so he could deal with the hurt he's caused. Yeah, I can. I definitely can see that. I, when I, when I read that, um, the reason I think it was the root that said it, but the reason that he ended up getting off was because, um, they had had a previous sexual relationship. And I was like, wait, is this a real thing? <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and um, there were, of course, you know, it was kind of like, well, the, the, given the time frame that it happened, like apparently I wanted, it was like 48 hours or something like that. They had had like consensual sex. Um, and so it was one of those things where the lines could be blurred or that's what they argued that the lines could be blurred in that case for him, uh, at least for Nate, Nate Parker is because it was, it's kind of like, well, yeah, you consented to me engaging in this with you before. So like in this space, what's different, if you will, or why would you want to? So maybe he can do that for me. That's just a bunch of, I was just like, that's insane. I don't, you know. Again, I feel like that because of that, if, if for no other reason, you should be saying, you know what, I'm, my question is not going to be about is this movie going to make money? My question really is going to be about this young lady who's not here. And the reason that he got off was because of this. So for me, that that became my concern. I do think that it really is problematic, though, is. Um, and I didn't I didn't hear this personally, but this is all came from things come from things that I was reading. Um, but people saying that, like his response to to that was almost like it wasn't really a thing or you don't really understand why it could be a thing. Um, and to me, knowing that someone is has lost their life to suicide and knowing that there's a possibility that you had something to do that, there's a certain level of remorse to me. That's like it, it, it you kind of got to have it. You know what I'm saying? Like any person, like how does that not impact you to know that an action that you took, whether, you know, it was innocent or not, whatever it is that you believe an action that I took resulted in a young lady losing her life um, or taking her life. And that to me, I feel like, yeah, I don't understand how you just do that. But I, 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 I mean, I think, at the end of the day, if you decide that you're not going to see the film or you're not going to support him, I don't think that that's anything. I personally don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I'm I'm about 70 percent sure that I'm still going to see the film because I wanted to see the film um, when I first heard about it. And I first heard it about it, like being at Sundance and like all of the noise that it was making at Sundance. I really, really, really wanted to see it beforehand. I wanted to try to get into like a, one of those private screenings that happened in New York um, this year. 
well before I knew about any of this. So it's something that I wanted to see. And at this point, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to see it. But it is something that's very conflicting because for me, I think rape is extremely serious. I don't want I don't if I know it, I can't like consciously support somebody that I know um, has done something that like that and has no remorse for it. I think that's for me, that's kind of like, wait, wait, hold on, time out. Like, what do you mean? You know what I'm saying? And, and and I guess it's one of those things of arguing back and forth of if he did it or not, he's saying he's, he hasn't done it. So maybe that remorse piece is not natural in a sense. But I think for me to know that somebody has lost their life, their life and it has come like after um, I've said, after some an engagement that we had or a situation or an allegation or whatever, to me, that's, that's traumatic. I, I don't necessarily know how you can continue on without being bothered by that. Yeah. And if, and, and if Fox hadn't already purchased it from him, I probably wouldn't go to the movies and see it. Yeah. But since I know that he's not going to get any money, he he's already got his money. I mean, it's kind of like, well, you know? Yeah. And I was going to say, that's another thing. I don't know if he has a deal to get like residuals, but I'm not sure. But at the end of the day, it's, I mean, it's been purchased. So he kind of already created it. So it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, so that, that, that was, that was really rough. I feel like that's ongoing. Um, at least for me, it's really ongoing as, as I get new information or I read more stuff about it, I talk to more people and understand different like layers of it. To me, it be, kind of becomes like, this is really complicated. This is extremely complicated. Um, but the other thing this week, it was kind of happened when well, I kind of happened that happened. It was pretty big was all of these black women just taking all the gold. Got, like black women black is, girls rock yeah. black girl magic come on black women was just like look here we about to go to this place and we gonna become the pirates and we just gonna take home all the gold and i think it's black dope. women getting goals Yo. white men over there lying about getting robbed look <laughs> look <laughs> and at the forefront of that we all people still don't see why i've been complaining and frustrated about gabby douglas I just want to say to every person that had something to say, because I have friends that I'm looking at, you know, my timeline and I'm seeing people make all these comments about Gabby Douglas is jealous and she she seemed like she don't want to be there. She got an attitude problem and she's been dethroned and all of this crap. Like, honestly, this girl is an Olympian for the second time. <laughs> like, no matter what, you know, anybody else does. I think that at the end of the day, like, number one, she's 20. She's a young girl. I think we all know at some point in time what it's like to be, want to be like the it person and to have maybe somebody else that outshines us or, you know, becomes the forefront. And not that you're you're jealous or you're a hater. Honestly, it's just weird to be number one today and number 10 tomorrow. Like, that is that's weird for anybody but on top of that and i don't because i don't even believe that that was her problem for me what i really feel like her problem was and it's unfortunate she she said it in the interview um i didn't watch the video footage of it but i read the transcript and she basically was saying it's been really hard because of you know the the so social media backlash that she's gotten from people saying she didn't put her hand over her heart during the national anthem people saying that her edges look terrible and it's like she is 20 years old she lives on social media social media honestly is what she knows like she's she's 20 when she was what 10 years old uh, uh, nine years old facebook was like popping 
uh, for college students. So she's aware of social networking. People had MySpace probably when she was born. Was she's 20, so that made her like 96. Nah, MySpace wasn't out then. But like when she's like five and six, you know what I'm saying? Like these social networks are coming up. So that's what she knows as life. So you're in this amazing place, have this great opportunity for the second time. You're an Olympian. You're probably on social media and to see that you're trending on Twitter because of your edges and to see that in many just four years ago, you represented all of this black girl magic. Now people are saying, oh, you're jealous of black girl magic or you you, or they don't know what's going on with your edges and you should have fixed your edges before you came. Like all of this BS that's like, yo, I didn't come for this. So for me, I was like, yo, I feel bad for her because this is such an amazing time in her life. This is something some people aspire to do and are never able to do it but she's there for a second time and just like the first time she can't fully enjoy it because people are talking trash about her or finding something to to make her jealous of or saying that she's jealous of Simone Biles because Simone Biles has been named the greatest athlete of all time well check this last year Simone Biles wasn't here and I was you know that girl so I've kind of already had that space you know what I mean like I don't know. It was it's bull to me. I just think it shows you how fickle people are too. Man, you can't like when I'm looking at like them Shay and Gabby. I'm like people so fickle because these are the mm-hmm. same people four years ago, though singing her praises. Gabby. This might as well be the this might as well be the uh, a chapter in the Bible. Hosanna, crucify. I'm no <laughs> seriously. I'm for real. Like I'm like yo. This stuff really does happen. Like. It's crazy because you're still, and I think the, to me, the thing that blows me is like people will see it. There's this one person that's a friend of mine, and you know, I don't want to call nobody out, but I've had conversations with this individual about this type of thing. I know that this person was an avid supporter four years ago, at least on social media, an avid supporter of Gabby Douglas. The minute I saw like the the comment, the post on my timeline, I was like, See, this is not real. And this is why you can't be connected to just anybody. This is why you can't listen to what people say, because literally people will build you up. And the minute you do something that's wrong or that they view as wrong, they'll tear you completely down without giving any type of context to where you're at. You're at the Olympics. You go online and you see people talking about your edges being bad. Honestly, congratulations you and all of your gold medals and these are amazing and wonderful but in this moment i'm struggling with the fact that not just my city my town um my state my country the entire world is looking at me and they're going to twitter and social media to hear about me and what they're hearing is that my edges look bad the world you know what i'm saying like that's your image for the world most of us have you know a local image in many cases i feel like these people that say this stuff don't even have a local image they don't have a they don't have nothing but a twitter image if you will and this person has a global image and people are saying oh her edges look bad her hair is nappy but you expect her to be you know footloose and fancy and cheesing and smiling and saying i'm so glad to be here representing the USA and I'm so proud of all of my other friends who aren't receiving the backlash that I did but we all worked hard together and I'm still yet the one that they're talking about my hair again 
Gotcha. Okay. All right. Yeah, no. That's that's retarded. That's not happening. Yes. Insane in the membrane. Yeah. So y'all tell us what you think about uh, Rio, Gabby Douglas. Um, We love you, Gabby. We support you. We here for it all day. You are great and don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. And don't ever become wifey. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm done. Okay, I'm done. I'm done for the rest of the show. I'm done. He's I'm quoting done. Kim from Moe You Shit. Counting is fine. I'm, I'm done. Let us know what you think about all of it. Nate Parker, Counting is fine. Gabby Douglas. We'd love to hear from you. Hashtag chat DC. <laughs> and we'll be back with our main dish. Don't walk away from me. And now we're back with our main dish. Our main dish. Hey. Who you came with? Who you came with? Hey. Yes. So now we're back with our main dish. This week's main dish was inspired by a video clip I saw a couple weeks ago by uh, a pastor, Darius Daniels. Um, and in this clip, he's talking um, to married couples and he's talking about people who have relationships that have the elephant in the room per se. And there's a difference between having a okay relationship and a a better, a good relationship and a better relationship. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you settle for good, you will not talk about the issues. And it's like this one thing y'all really know that if y'all talk about it, it causes an argument, but you stop talking about it, not because it's resolved, but because you're just tired of having a conversation. And so you just, tiptoe around the tulips and tiptoe around the issue and the issue is still there but you sweep it under the rug and in hopes that at some point it'll just get better by itself or resolve itself but it never does and and, um he was like that's what happens when you settle for good and if you want a better relationship you have to address those issues and i Mm -hmm. thought that was a really good quote, not just for marriages, but for family relationships, for friendships, co-workers, any relationship. Um, because I do think we have this obsession with romantic relationships where we focus all our energy on making one relationship work. That's romantic, Mm -hmm. but all of our other relationships are chaos. Right. Um, it's a imbalance. You like my boo think I'm great. And then you like, but my former friends think I'm a horrible person. Uh, yeah, fix that. That's yeah. something's not right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, but you know, that's uh, that's kind of what we want to talk about—the elephant in the room, and how that I- impacts our relationships. Because I would argue that a great deal of our relationships have elephants that we don't want to address. Absolutely. And we just like, well, let's maintain because of appearance, 
Um, I heard um, Will Smith say that when him and Jada were going through this 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 I this um, divorce thing, and when they were considering it, they had to go to counseling. And he was like, "That was the only place they had. That was the first place where they could be real with each other, and the truth was out on the table." And they didn't hide anymore. And I'm thinking, how many people were t- taking their pictures, hashtag relationship goals, and they really didn't have intimate relationship. Right. Um, because they had elephants all in their room. And when they addressed and were honest about these things that were years, they are compounded for years, then they're like, okay, now get back to a healthy place. Right. And so um, you can't have health. In re- your relationships can't be healthy until your relationships are honest, and so um, that's what we want to talk about today: the elephants in the room. Yeah. So what was interesting is when you sent me that clip, and 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 I looked at it, is I think it's so easy to get into these types of situations, right? Um, and I don't think it's something that people do. I feel like you can have, you can be a, a, a great great at communicating um you can have a great relationship when you communicate you know in your relationship uh, your partner you guys are just just doing really well at communicating um and let me ch- let me change this up and not say that it's just romantic relationships because i feel like a lot of sometimes you know we'll do the work in a romantic relationship but we may not do that as you mentioned in a in a um platonic relationship it's just about you know what whatever and i feel like those are the relationships is really easy to kind of find these things in as well um where you are there's so many things that you guys are kind of not talking about or you're not going to address because it's like uh whatever i feel like it's a person or you guys maybe you both just write it off as a thing i feel like it's really really easy to get there and i know because i i know i've definitely been in that type of situation where i am you know, everything is all right. I'm, I'm, I'm good. We moving. We are act. I don't even want to say acting as if, but we are, we're moving because everything seems fine. But there's this one thing that we knew and we probably had an argument about before, but we have just decided that we're just going to move forward without that. And that thing every time comes up and it rears his ugly head and that usually is what breaks the relationship because you have not dealt with it and i think it's so easy to just fall into that because it's comfortable confrontation is uncomfortable change is uncomfortable true resolution honestly is uncomfortable because true resolution comes with some sort of a compromise and some sort of personal change that you have to take right and i feel like because of that it's so easy to just kind of walk away from a situation and make it as if um things aren't as bad and i'm you know i'm I'm good i'm 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 fine and i've gotten over that or i've moved past and it's like you really haven't done it this is this is a thing that we need to address so that was to me, that was like the first thought that I had was, wow, this is something that comes up and it's so easy to do. And it made me just kind of look at myself and think about how I've had that in the past. And I've I've had that. But and then it got me to thinking about signs that that are kind of in your face that let you know for sure there's something that you guys are avoiding this situation. Um, there's there's conversations that you're not having that you need to have and you need to come to some sort of true resolution in order for you guys to move forward and that to not be a thorn in a relationship going forward. Because it is it's it's un it's almost it's like 
undoubtedly is going to always come back. It's almost guaranteed, I would even say, is going to come back and it's going to become a problem. No matter what it is, no matter how big or small it is, it is going to become a problem again. And for me, it was like, okay, so what are the signs? How does one know? How does a person know that you're in a situation where you have a relationship where you don't you're not talking about something and there's something that you need to address. And for me, the immediate sign kind of came to when there's something that you guys are always joking around, but you're never actually talking about in in an authentic, an authentic way. And I know for Mm, myself, yeah, I always, you know, I use laughter as a form of healing, but sometimes I realize I'll joke about something or laugh about something consistently because what it really does is it bothers me. And for me, I'm trying to normalize it. Like, I'm trying to make it okay. I'm trying to, you know, like, pacify myself and be like, oh, you know, we'll just we'll just make a joke about it, if you will. And some, laughter is healing, and sometimes I feel like that's the answer. But I feel like if we consistently keep laughing about the same thing and we can never actually have a real conversation that doesn't include laughter about it, to me, that's probably one of the signs that whatever this thing is, particularly if it's dealing with you or not, we need to actually address this because it's not, it ain't helping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that because, you know, sometimes laugh for me is sarcasm. Yeah. Um, And sarcasm could be funny. Uh, But if I say it sarcastically too many times, it's probably a problem for me Um, because I'm I could be very sarcastic just in general. And I I not mean anything by it, like Mm -hmm. have no. But there is. Some I think some sarcasm that you know, okay, that's another level of sarcasm. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh no, you 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 mean somebody. Right. And um but I think for me, one of the things that I have zero tolerance for nowadays is if we're not gonna address it, just let's not do it. If it's an yeah. elephant there, I'm gone. Because yeah. if we if I keep saying it's an elephant there <laughs> and you keep saying it's not, and it's I a keep dog. saying it's, it's a bird. Elephant. It's a bird. No, it's just a, it's just a cat. I like cats. No, it, it's, it's an elephant, and we can't talk like. My thing is, I want to talk about it till it's resolved. And yeah. if I'm talking t- to someone who gets exhausted by talking about it, yeah, then That's dangerous. Or, yeah, or no, because I could get exhausted about talking about something. I get exhausted about talking about it when. I can't see that I'm hitting up, you know, or that the person cannot apologize. Yeah. You know, if you listen to this show, you know, the best way, the fastest way for me to cut it <laughs> in, pan, in my, uh, my, I'm about to say panda voice. That's two different people. Um, the fastest way for me to cut it is someone who has the inability to say, that hurt you, I'm sorry, and not make excuses. That's just like, uh, we could be cool, right. but we can't be what? We can't be close. Yep. It ain't working. I, I, I can't deal with that. I, I definitely understand that. I feel like <laughs> for people that just kind of I don't even know, because I'm really trying to, I don't want to, I don't want to just say like, oh, well, you know what, like nobody like like people are bad i feel like you just gotta address why you get to that place like why are you in a place where you can't deal with this conversation why are you in this place where you like get exhausted or you can't talk about it you don't want to talk about it um 
I feel like that's that's really something that, you know, a person individually has to do in order to get to that space, because I feel like it is really dangerous when you have somebody that just doesn't want to address something for whatever reasons it may be. Maybe it's too hurtful. Uh, maybe they just feel like it's not a thing. But even in that, it's kind of like you got to in order for something to work, we both have to be able to talk about it and not only just talk about it, but agree that the resolution, the resolve the result of this conversation is going to be more than likely it's going to require some sort of a shift or change on both of our ends. And I, I had a really had a, a, a debate with a friend of mine. And it's so funny because when we got I got frustrated, and I was like, you know what? All right. Let's just not talk about this no more. But I realized the reason that I got there is because we both were seated and planted in our position not trying to move and so we keep talking across the aisle to each other saying like but i think it's this and i and i'm trying to hit this point to get you to see that point and then the rebuttal goes back to but this is my point and then the other rebuttal comes back well this is my point and on top of your point let me make this point and it's like honestly neither one of us are really trying to hear what the other person is saying and has this and have, have made a, a conscious decision that I'm not going to change my position. I'm not going to move. I can't be persuaded. So in that point, it kind of is worthless. <laughs> like you might as well not even talk about it. And that is what breeds these kind of like elephants. But if you, you, you have a person that's saying like, honestly, so in this situation, it's okay for us to agree to disagree we're going to have a discussion. We're going to make these points. And if we have to walk away from this thing saying you just we just are going to agree to disagree on this, but we still are able to address it moving forward. Cool. But if you're saying, honestly, you know what? We had this really discussion, this really uh, heated discussion. It didn't work. I feel the way that I feel. You feel the way that you feel. But we just going to keep on in this this relationship, this friendship and do, you know, things as if they were normal. It ain't going to work, yo. You're going to have these same problems and these same problems are going to come right back. And, you know, it's just going to create new problems and new levels of frustration. Because I know for me, I end up getting frustrated if I feel like we've talked about this before. Like (laughs) we've 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 dealt with this before. And another thing that it made me think about um, was it's kind of started to ask myself the question of, is it possible to be in a relationship or a friendship with anybody where something is unresolved and I feel like it is possible to do in an unhealthy way, but I feel like there's always a solution or resolution to something. You just got to put in the work in order to get there. And again, that means sometimes that we are going to shift and we're going to have, I'm going to have to shift and move on my position. I'm going to have to compromise. I'm going to have to give a little of understanding or give a little consideration of that is your experience. And so I can't change your, your experience. I can, you know, request a certain outcome of actions in respect to your experience, but I can't change, you know what I'm saying? Like this being your thing, but we got to talk about it. It's going to be hard. We, you know, we might have to put our boxing gloves on and get out in the boxing rink and like box it out. But we can like, 
if that's what it takes to get to this place where we can talk about it, then that's absolutely what we need to do. Because I do think it's impossible to have a a great relationship, a really successful relationship. And when I say successful, I'm not just saying in the sense of like, oh, y'all been together for years or y'all both are like successful or you guys, you know, got money or you look good together. Both of you guys are fitness gurus, like none of that crap. I'm really saying like in the sense of successful, in the sense of we are able to grow from each other. You're able to give me something in this this space that's really, really uncomfortable that makes me think about it a little bit more. Something that makes me say like, huh, I completely disagree with this and this doesn't make any sense. But what this has fostered in this conversation is the ability for me to think about this from another perspective. Now, at the end of the day, I can still think that my perspective is the best perspective, if you will, like if I if I have to be that. But what I do is I understand that your perspective matters. And because I understand that your perspective matters and I understand that that your perspective is in, is in, is intelligent and it's smart and it's something that could work or something that has worked, then it just gives me the ability to just kind of like stretch myself a little bit to understand things more. I feel like that's the type of, as long as you can get to some, a, a resolution that works, then you're good. Yeah. And I think that one of the things as you were talking and you talked about the work, I think one of the things that for me is when I see that a person is not going to put the work in that's required to fix it. Yeah. Because I think any relationship can be fixed, no matter how broken it is. But you have to evaluate when you see that there's an elephant in the room. God in you. If <laughs> if the person is willing to put the work in, yeah. And I think for some, I think for me, in, in one specific case, um, I just had to realize that this person is not going to put the work in. Right. Like they might commit to it, but they're not going to do it. Right. And they're not saying that they won't do it later in life, but they just, if I be honest, they're not. And they're going to say they want to because they might want to appease me or they don't want to look bad. Right. But honestly, it's not that important to them. Yeah. And so when you, they might verbalize that it is, but your actions kind of show something different. Yep. So you just have to be, you know, you have to assess and say, you know what? Realistically, I have to just shut off your mouth and look at your actions. Yeah. And see that, you know, you're not going to do it. So it's no need of me continuing to get on this ride of trying to do more because you're not going to do it. Run myself crazy trying to keep up with your crazy. Yeah. So if you're not going to do it, then, hey, what's the point of me doing it? So. That's when you just walk out the room and then the elephant really just kind of goes away because nobody's because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody's showing up in the room. So the elephant like, well, time to go. <laughs> like, you got to pack it up. I, I mean, if y'all ain't going to be here, ain't no need for me to just sit here with this big old uh, pink, la- this pink sash on. Because you're going to frustrate me. yourself because you're trying to you're trying to point out the elephant and they like, oh, OK, well. Right. Right. And then you're like, no, it's like, we got to fix this. We got to yeah. deal with this. And you're just there because you feel like, man, I want to fix it, this relationship. But in, in fact, if they're not going to put the time in and have the honest conversation, then you waste your time. It takes two people to fix it. Mm-hmm. 
Now, you can forgive them all you want, but if you want to fix it, both people have to put in that sweat equity. Absolutely. And if you if that no that if the other person is not willing to do it, you have to resolve in yourself that, hey, they're not willing to do it. Yeah. And it doesn't make them necessarily a bad person. Now, they well, I won't say that anyway, but it just means that they didn't value it like you did. Right. And so you just have to move on. Absolutely. So what's what's another thing that that kind of arises throughout of this for me um, is in saying that, you know, talking about um, what the signs are for getting to this place, uh, what what are things that you can do? um, I mean, is it possible to, like, maintain a relationship, you know, with somebody with something that is that is unresolved or with this elephant in the room and like how that happens? One of the things I feel like is probably the the toughest thing to do is to know how to address it. Um, I feel like many times if we're trying to talk about a difficult, trying to have a difficult conversation or particularly when it's a tie, something that people are really passionate about and it's emotional. uh, It's really hard to do it, to have that conversation because nobody really knows how to do it. And even if you know how to do it, it's always very scary. You know, a person can, I don't know if this person will come out on a bag out of a bag on me. I don't know if they, you know, gonna laugh at me. I don't really know how to address this because especially if there's a history of this topic, this one particular thing being bad. And so one of the probably most important things I feel like in our conversation is talking about what, what steps can you take to properly address like that elephant in the room? Like how could you start that conversation with somebody? Um, How could you, get to a place where you really are fostering uh, an environment that says, you know, I come at peace. Like I'm waving the white flag. I just want to have a conversation with you about this particular issue, but I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to jump down to your throat. I know we, we both disagree or I know that I was wrong or I know that I said this, or I know that you did this or whatever it is, but I really just want to have a conversation. What, what do you think some steps are to, some initial steps, maybe let, let's give two, some like two things you think are one or two things that you think uh, can help and the ways that people can approach a conversation so that you won't, you can address whatever that elephant is. I think tell them that you want to talk about something important with them and set a particular time. I don't think, I think you want to do it when you have the time to do it. I don't think you want to blindside somebody with it because mm-hmm. then you're going to be mad if they don't have the time to engage. Right. And they might really want to talk about it, but they just don't have time. And then you're going to get mad because you brought all your feelings out and they're like, well, I can't really deal with that right now. And then you're going to be kind of, um, I think that works, but what I, I will give a clause to that. Um, you have to, when dealing with people who are when dealing with people who are avoiders, sometimes that doesn't work um, because they will always avoid the time you set or make up excuses to why they can't discuss it. Yeah. Or it'll all, they'll always be busy for months on months on months on the end. It'll never be a good time for an avoider. It'll never be a good time for somebody who doesn't like confrontation. Like literally sometimes you have to make people have conversations mm-hmm. and you know, if you're presenting something and they're getting defensive, 
then, you know, you have to really challenge that. But one thing I did learn that I wish I had have known years, a couple years back was that, and I learned this from a, that class I went to that I was telling about that reconciliation class, mm-hmm. that most time defensiveness is not necessarily avoidance is fear mm-hmm. because sometimes defensiveness comes from a place of being rejected. And so it's kind of like, I think that if I have an honest conversation with you, you're going to leave me. Mm. And in fact, it does the opposite. It does. It's like, no, if you don't have the honest conversation, they're going to go. Right. You being scared they're going to go for having an honest conversation is not the truth. It usually... Um, most people just like have it. Um, but this, in this sense of panic in someone sometimes makes them think if I'm honest or if I have this conversation, I'm going to lose them. And it's like, no, you're losing them by what you're doing. Right. It's the exact opposite. (laughs) And so that's what the, she's a trained, uh, she was a trained psychologist. And she said in most of the cases when people are defensive, it's because they're afraid. Hmm. Yeah, that that makes that makes absolute absolute sense. Like perfect, perfect sense. I think for me, one of the steps that I think people should take is well, the first thing is very simple, and I'm not necessarily sure is almost ask permission to talk about it. I feel like we can always we always want to address things when we want to address it because it's really pressing. And I am extremely, extremely guilty for this. I'm the person that I want to have the conversation in the moment. I want to have this conversation right now because I don't want to move forward without with just kind of leaving this on the table. Not I want it to not become an elephant in the room. And sometimes it has already been an elephant in the room. But once I recognize that this elephant exists and I recognize that we've kind of coexisted in a space for a little while and we aren't going to talk about it. Now I want to talk about it. However, sometimes for some people and it's something that I'm, I'm trying to adopt and I, I've learned to some degree, I know when to walk away from a situation But usually that is after me trying to address it initially. Sometimes it is really good to walk away from a situation in the moment. And that's why I feel like the acts of, hey, Lisa. So I want to have a conversation with you about this elephant. And I want to know if if it's okay if we can talk about it now. And if you don't feel like doing it, all right, cool. Can you just let me know when we can have this conversation? And if there's no time or the person gives you the lame, oh, I don't know. To me, that's a sign. I'll tell you to run. Don't really run. But I'll say, like, that's a sign that you might need to, you know, you're dealing with something else. Because, <laughs> yeah. Somebody don't, don't care. Yeah, because it's like, okay, so if this is an elephant <laughs> and it's, you know, the room's only enough space for two of us, but we got this big old elephant in the room. Like, we need to get find out how we're going to get this elephant out of here so that we can exist in the space and be comfortable. At least that's how it works for me. And if, you know, you don't want to figure it out now, that's fine. We can walk out of the room and, you know, give it some time. And then you can tell me, hey, we're going to show up here in three days and we'll figure out how to get this elephant out of here and then show up in three days and let's be prepared. That's You've given yourself, you know, your heart, mind and soul and everything you need. You sought counsel. You found out ways that you could have been wrong. And now you're coming here to talk about it. 
perfect. Like that is that's the way that it should be. And that's the way that. Yeah. To me, that's that's what makes sense. So the first thing for me is like always address the acts. But I think for me, the, the, the other big thing is like leading with your fault or leading with your responsibility. I won't say your fault, but your responsibility. Right. So like, hey, this elephant's in the room because maybe it's in the room because I did this. Um, and I think maybe I contributed to getting this ele- this elephant here because I did whatever. It's almost like it's, it's it's starting to say like, hey, I've asked your permission to do it. But now at this point, I also want to let you know that I am not free from fault in whatever this is, um, even if and because I believe that sometimes you can be free of something like all fault. The, all of the fault may have been like if you're in a situation where, hey, you were cheated on like. Or somebody lied to you like, hey, check this. You know, this is your fault. (laughs) We know that. However, what I want to do is acknowledge that maybe we didn't have, for whatever reasons, I kind of made you feel like you had to lie to me about something. Or maybe I haven't been clear on what my expectations were for you in this space. So let's talk about that to kind of create like a comfort zone for somebody to come and be like, you know, I want to talk about it again. The person's like, yeah, no, I want to do it. Then it becomes, uh, uh, well, it's kind of lame. Um, You're dealing with something else. And that probably is a sign that you need to run away super fast. Yeah. And I think that's really helpful as far as like addressing it, like leading, you know, with that where you're not being argumentative right you know and you did this and you need to fix that i think you know in the past i think i've addressed things in the wrong way or going in leading with the wrong thing or the wrong approach i think approach will set the tone for how the situation goes over and i think even addressing the elephant in the room you have to be okay with the resolve right like because the resolve, like sometimes we go in thinking, I address the elephant in the room, everything's gonna be good. We gonna be even if both people wanna sit down and talk, we gonna come out of this thing even better. That's if two people are equally committed to making it work. Right. That's only if two people are committed to making it work. And most time <laughs> <laughs> it's one that's more it's committed, one, than right? And because one person is theoretically committed, and and, and mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so it, people it, like the idea of commitment. They don't like great. the work ideas that comes wonderful. with it. love. Work. I mean, love ideas, love theory. Theory is great, <laughs> but if you make me work for it, that's when it's like eh, I don't really know if I. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I. And some people don't believe in putting sweat equity in other relationships besides their romantic. Let's and talk that's, about it. That's <laughs> one of the things that can be problematic. Let's like, talk you know, about it. <laughs> some people are really, I mean, I see some people that are horrible. I mean, the almost the worst friends in the world, but they are the best spouses in the world yeah and not to shade them or anything that's just a priority for them and so um you know as you get older your priorities shift as you get older you know um whatever you know marriage should be a higher priority than friendship so by no means i think that's wrong but you have to make sure when you and this is something we don't do 
when we're younger that I think is vital in our late 20s leading into our 30s. You have to figure out what people's commitment level of relationship is. Right. You know, if that if you if you all your energy is romantic and you kind of your friends that you do have, y'all both, you know, you need to be prepared. You need to pair yourself with people that are like you that put all their energy in romantic. Right. If you're a kind of person that put all your energy, if we close, that means I'm putting all my energy into you. Even if I'm with someone, I'm just like you, my, uh, well, that's, that's who you need to get with. That's the people you need to pair with. Pair with people who want to put in the effort. Right. I mean, we all can help people. I mean, we got to help our enemies, love our enemies. But the people that you give your close-knit relationships to, people that are dear, that are like my ride or die, they got to be like-minded as far as commitment level. Right. Absolutely. So it, it's funny you said this, and, and I, I have to disagree with it slightly. I mean, I guess in, in, in some levels, your rela- your marriage is more important than your friendships but i guess for me i think about in the sense of your friendships should be supporting your marriage so it's almost like a lifeline to making sure that you are where you need to be and that you're looking at yourself and i do believe i believe that what you practice in your friendships are undoubtedly at some point in time going to become an issue in your in your romantic relationships um because it's almost like practice i think it really is just practice like it's practice of you know problem solving and, 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 and overcoming issues. And I know people have been very close to that have taken stock more in like their romantic relationships. And I've definitely, you know, I'm just kind of like, well, it's different. There's a difference. I'm, I mean, I think it's not that your romantic relationships are important, but I think that it's a problem for me. It would be a problem if I put all, if I only cared about correcting myself when I'm in a romantic relationship, to me, that's a problem because how do I learn? How do I get the tools that I need to do this when I'm not in like when I get in this relationship, I just don't become prepared. You know what I'm saying? And if the what I have to learn off of is my last romantic relationship, well, that ended. So <laughs> I probably was doing something wrong then that I'm going to bring here and do it wrong here, too. And, you know. Who knows what that's going to come to? So for me, I think it really is. It's like this friendship, these friendships that you have, um, these these non-romantic relationships, those things for me are kind of like that's where you really learn. That's where you really put in the work and you, you make those sacrifices and you put you know that these people love you and they care about you. So when they hold a mirror up to you and say, this is you and you see something that you don't like, then you start working on it. And you when you do have your romantic relationship and if you start to experience issues, you can be like, hey, look, yo, I was this happened. I was going through this. And so somebody can give you perspective of, well, that's not surprising because you are this type of person. That's not surprising because I've seen you do this. That's not surprising because remember we had that argument and in that argument you did this. Well, these two things look the same. So remember the lesson that you learned from that point. Eh, Remember that in this situation. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I got to 
Yeah. Okay. I, I, I've, I've shared this before and I can share it here again. Like one of the things that I, I had to learn was sometimes it's really easy for me not to fight for something. It's easy for me to be like, look, you're a headache. You know, I'm grown. I don't have to deal with this stuff. I'm very selective <laughs> with the people that I bring into my life and, you know, kick rocks with no socks because I'm gone. But I realized that, yo, hey, I had a friend that was like, yo, you automatically when there's a problem, you automatically start planning you know, the funeral for our friendship. And it's like, I didn't even know we were sick. Like, (laughs) we just got a cold. What are you doing? Why is this over? It was like a common cold. It lasts for two two days. It's done. Like, you're... And I was like, wait. And so then it's like, yo, when I'm in a relationship... It makes sense why there's always like we break up and then get back together, break up, then get back together, break up and get back together. Why? Because my answer for a long time was time to go. (laughs) Like it ain't working. All right. Bye. And so, you know, what I'm saying, like, that's what I mean. Like that type of the friendship for me was like it's friendships are always like you're teaching me something that I need to know so that we're existing in this space where. I can deal with the problem without having to worry about there being some sort of just elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. I get that. I, I have a friend that um is is married now, and she was telling me, um, like, she was like, Lisa, you're the first person that told me I'm a horrible friend. Uh, but you're right. But I never had to deal with it with my friends. But now that I'm married, I'm forced to deal with my character flaws. Right. And so... Um, I think that sometimes before people can be a better friend, they have to be in a situation where they can't run. Mm. Um, and so I I can run from my friends, but I can't necessarily run from somebody I live with. We got joint bank accounts with, you know, That's a lot and money. I have to see you every day. And they might you know, take your I, money because you take my money. We go. I'm just. <laughs> we live in the same bed, you know. Yeah. So I think for some people, the reverse has to happen. For mm. me, I'm like, I want to be a better friend so I could practice, so I could be a good mate. You know, that's because you, you, you. It's always like think about friendships. Friendships are great. Like at the beginning, oh my God, you're the greatest friend ever. Right. You came into my life. You, I mean, I had other friends, but none like you. You know, we hang tight. You cool. It's always the greatest thing ever. Like, Two, oh. three, four years in it, you like, uh, you get on my nerves. Especially if you're close. Yeah. At I some wanna... point, I want to punch you in the I face. I want to throw face. you off a building. I want to drag you down the street by your weave. It's like, usually when you go on vacation with them. You want to figure out who your who your real friends are? Take a vacation with them. <laughs> <laughs> like if you you you've not been in a real long friendship if you haven't had a fight. I yeah. mean, I seen no because take that. I've seen some people who like on social media. This is my friend from high school. We never fought in our lives. I was like, man, that's crazy. I think it's um, weird. <laughs> and I don't know if that means I'm just like too confrontational. Or I got you know what I'm saying. Like I don't know if it's. I just think it's weird. I, yeah. I don't think there's nobody in the world that I agree with everything on. There's nobody. I don't, yeah. Sometimes yeah, so. I don't even agree with myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be like, well, do you? You're stupid, bro. You're, you're kind of dumb. <laughs> so, I mean, like, everything is happy initially just like relationships everybody go through the honeymoon phase i mean they had a little spouts but it's kind of like oh my gosh you start seeing you 
you have these rose-colored glasses and you see everything. Oh, my gosh. They, but they make me feel this way and blah, blah, blah. But when that feeling goes, then you looking at them for who they are and they see you for who you are. You're like, why did I? Why am I with you? Right. You are, you are a horrible person. Like, get out of here. Please run. Let me go home. Give me some papers so I can sign in this now. Right. Find um, the nearest exit and jump off the ride. <laughs> so I think if I want to practice endurance and I'm, oh, as I'm saying, I, I convicted myself, but I, in my singlehood, so I'm be better prepared at marriage, but some people have to have the reverse. They won't see how they've been jacked up. And just like my friends say, I didn't see how jacked up I treated my friends until I was forced to deal with my inconsistencies in my relationship. Mm. And so now it's like, I'm going back and I'm trying to be better and right my wrongs in some of the friendships I had. So some, I mean, everybody learns that different. Some people have to learn in reverse, but at some point you have to learn that you just got to treat people right across the board. Whether y'all friends, romantic family, you just got to learn how to treat people right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So y'all let us know what y'all think about this topic. But let us know what you think about. I, I, I'll say this. Think about a relationship that you, you have and you feel like there's something that is there's an elephant in the room. There's something that's gone on a resolve. And let us know about that. Talk to us. Oh, about and I got to say one thing. Oh, I got to say one thing. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> don't have don't reconcile if y'all not going to deal with elephants. This oh, whole yeah. we going to get back there, work it out, and we never had a thorough conversation about what went wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Not... Don't reconcile without without dealing with elephants. Yeah. Because you... it's not going to be a real reconciliation. <laughs> yeah. It's a setup to be pissed off and to go off. <laughs> That's really what it is. But yeah, y'all let us know what y'all think about that. Um, I honestly want to see like some what type of elephants do you have and how have you tried to like navigate that because I feel like Lisa and I this is something that hits home for both of us in many ways and something why it's really easy for us to talk about is because you know we kind of spend hours and hours all the time talking about these things but I feel like these are you know these truths that we've come to are universal and it's easy to uh, be at a space when somebody that's going through the same thing that you're going through um, and you guys find a kind of common ground. And so you kind of think that that common ground is like it makes the most logical sense. So it's the tool that you use. But maybe as somebody that doesn't want to address the elephant immediately or feel like it's not, a you know, you got to address it at all. How do y'all feel? Like, tell us, let us know. Hit us up. Use the hashtag ChatBC. Hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore culture. And you can also email us. Email us your comments. If y'all have any questions for us, email us at brunchculturebc at gmail.com and we will be back for our toaster roast way three hey i got a feeling that you might be do i turn you on you can tell me if i'm wrong girl i think you might be and she don't need smoke, but she swear I got that dope. Love it when I fuck in them. Hey, high sex is the best sex. Whenever she stressed, she just wanna get. 
Well, get high, baby. Get high, baby. So now we're back with our toasts or robes. And today I am going to toast Greenleaf. I love the show. Watch it religiously every Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, Oprah, you did a great job in executive producing this show. The characters are great. The plot is great. Um, the actors are great. Everybody kind of nails it. Um, I just, I love the show. I mean, it doesn't show the church in the best light, but I think it's, there's some things that are really, art is depicting life in a lot of ways, in a lot of these mega churches. Um, you know, you have to be honest about some of the things that are going on. And so it's not in every church that this is going on, but, you know, it is in some, and some people have been really hurt. Um, and affected by the church in a lot of ways. And so, but just like any other, any organization, but I think people have a higher uh, view of the church, but I think it shows the humanity of the people in church, mm-hmm. um, the ways you could get caught up and not really try to get caught up, the ways you could tr- start off good and end corrupt. Um, and, you know, you just have to kind of navigate through those spaces and it's real life. And so I think the show is really good and um i enjoy it and um i don't i don't really like uh haves and have nots uh but i love Greenleaf. um no shade to tyler perry but yeah it's just a better written show it's a better quality and no shade <laughs> yeah anyway i'm i've said too much already so i have um so I really wanted to toast to uh, I'm Wifey just because it's laughed. It's giving me a day full of laughs, but I'm going to do really fast. I'm going to toast to uh, two people, um, actually an organization, a group of women, and also going to uh, toast to another woman. So I actually posted this on my Facebook. There was this article that talked about uh, Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated starting this initiative to teach women to swim and teaching children and families to swim in an effort to curb the death rates of black people by way of drowning. Um, which is just this really big thing. They found out it was a problem. They started this initiative and it's become something that's really big that they work with some pretty huge national nonprofit organizations to do it. And I think it really is just amazing because the ladies of Sigma Gamma Rho, um, for them to do that, the ladies of Sigma Gamma Rho to do that, it's simply because it's not something that it really is me to me. Can, I consider it like a silent killer is one of those things that we don't talk about because everybody just kind of brushes it off as not being a really a, a big thing but I posted that article and I got so much so many people telling me that they actually don't know how to swim and they don't know how to swim because of fears or you know just from out of it's never something that I, I remember uh, one of my friends she was just like it's never something I had to do and so it was never something I was necessarily interested in and I think as it, like growing older and being around other people that can swim it just kind of created like this insecurity yet fear um, so shout out to Toast to uh, Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated for deciding to tackle that that issue and in line with that i also want to toast to simone manuel who's the uh swimmer the 100 meter swimmer gold winner she's the first african-american woman to get that title and to me she just having read that art that uh article and then seeing her and to me it was just kind of like it brought it all to the forefront because you know 
this global event that means so much to so many people to see a black woman excel in that and to win and to do it and to know that she probably in many of her classes was probably like the only black girl that's swimming. Um, I don't even know any like hardcore swimmers, even like in high school and stuff. I don't know no black people that did it. Um, and not to say I know everybody, but you know what I'm saying? I'm saying it's, it's not so common. So to have somebody to be in a sport and, and it not be common, but to be, the best at that to be titled the best at that um to me that's amazing because you think about the type of isolation and 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 ways that she probably couldn't relate to a lot of these people who probably had family members that swam and probably own a pool and all this other stuff and not that she can't do that but i'm just saying like there's there's an or she didn't have that because i don't know her story and her background but i'm just saying in many cases she probably was the only black woman um that was doing this or very there were very few black women that were doing this and that she was exposed to and able to see and she's never had a black woman to be a role model to say I want to get a goal like her because she is that role model so to be able to get to that place to me is amazing so toast to Simone Manuel and that's my toast for this week um yeah nope I, w- I love it love seeing black women swim and win go I still can't swim but you know <laughs> toast to y'all who can uh, <laughs> uh this week's good vibe is the road to success is dotted with many tempting parking spaces. Don't give up, y'all. Don't quit. Keep going. It's tempting to quit when it gets tough, but keep going. Keep going. And thank you for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. We appreciate your consistency and listening. Tell a friend. Post it on your social media. Leave a comment with the episode. Um, it really just helps us out and to let us know you're listening, to let us know your comments. Hashtag ChatBC. Remember, you can find all our past episodes at brunchculturebc.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or um, iHeartRadio by searching Brunch Culture. Follow us on Instagram at brunch underscore culture, on Twitter at brunch culture, on Facebook at facebook.com backslash brunch culture. And it's always here at Brunch Culture. Everything is up for discussion. <laughs>